Hallelujah. Welcome everyone. It's good to see you all. Thanks for coming out on a wet Sunday. Everyone had a good week? Lots of new faces. Just want to welcome everyone who's here for the first if you're here for the first time. A very warm welcome um, to He Sent His Word Ministries. Um, welcome to our family and believing that God's going to speak to you tonight through Pastor Tony and Pastor Tony's rolling his eyes, but um, <laughs> I know God will speak. He does every week. Uh, a few announcements. So kids are upstairs. They'll be coming down at 10 to 6 because there's another group needing the room upstairs. So if you're a parent and um, you've put your kids up there, just expect them to come down at 10 to 6 and Pastor Tony's going to um, do his best to wrap up before then as well. And um, next week we are not on, so it's Easter, so um, a lot of people we find uh, end up spending that special time with family. So um, you're released and uh, there won't be a service next week, so happy Easter in advance and um, have a great Sunday. And uh, anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, who's excited to hear from Pastor Tony tonight? I know I, I, know I say that every week. Um, but um, I can see the excitement build as the, as the crowd knows I'm getting off and you're getting on. <laughs> so um, why don't we give it up for Pastor Tony? Awesome. Get off. I'm joking. Welcome. Can we get a round of applause for the worship, Mary, in our time? <laughs> Who needs technology when we've got the Holy Spirit, amen? Hallelujah. I know it's hard, like, um, but they did very well, amen? God doesn't listen to the music. What do you want now? Uh, we'll give you one praise report. She wants to come up and have a we'll do a fashion. Security. Love you, Mary. God, look, God looks at the cry of a heart. We, man judges from the external, but God judges what's in the heart, amen? We can look good, smell good. From the outside, but deep down, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you look like your whitewashed tombs. Meaning, in the old days, they used to bury people in tombs and they were painted white. But inside, they're full of dead man's bones. We don't want to be a people of dead man's bones, amen? We want to have a heart towards God himself. And tonight's message, and I, I just want a bit of a... I like this picture. I found it. <laughs> I gave it to Daniel. And my, tonight's message, we always see things from a perspective coming up to Easter. Someone said to me, when are you going to preach an Easter message? Well, brother, you've been here for two years. and We preach on the cross every week. And if you're waiting for a nice, fluffy Palm Sunday message, <laughs> you ain't getting it tonight. Because <laughs> the resurrection of the power of the cross is every day. Everyone say every day. If you're not living out of the finished work of the cross, you're living not in victory. Amen. When the early disciples broke bread daily, the Bible says they broke bread, they preached the apostles' doctrine and broke bread daily. Paul says I, uh, we break bread daily until he returns. Meaning what? Meaning that we talk about the cross. Not about, oh, I got saved, I'm a sinner, I got saved. We've got to move beyond that because the cross is a lot more than just being saved from sin, amen? That's the start. And we're going to move on to heavenly things. Last week I shared about living in heavenly places. And we won't go there for the sake of time, but it says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
now. He's not saying when we die and go to heaven. He's talking about now. The minute we gave our life to Christ, if you're a believer in Christ, and you've surrendered to him and you're washed by his blood, and now you're born of his spirit, you are now seated in heavenly places. Which means we can, we talked about the frequency, how we had that little sound and, and um, you know, everyone pretended to hear it. Most people um, didn't hear it. No, I'm joking. I didn't hear it. <laughs> but the frequency from heaven, understanding what God is saying to his people. A lot of people think God doesn't speak anymore. That we've got the word, that's it. Well, the word is powerful. But God's still speaking to his people today. Getting direction from the Holy Spirit today. So looking at that picture from the, it's looking up at the cross. So we're going to pick it up from there, but I want to just go back, just give you a bit of a backdrop. And I pray today that you leave here knowing that God is, not, God is for you and not against you. God has opened up the windows of heaven so you can enter into his throne. But it's not a physical throne. It's not a throne where we take the wisdom of man and take it to God or we try and make God's word sound what we want it to sound. We're, no, we're, we're looking at getting the, the mind of Christ, the heavenly realms, to bring it down to earth. People say to me all the time, well, what does that really mean? And it means a lot of different things. But I can honestly tell you that it's the kingdom of God that gets you to forgive someone that's hurt you. The kingdom of God says give. Better to give than to receive. But the world doesn't say that. The world, it's about me, me, me. Self, self, self. What can I get out of it? What can I do for it? But see, I've learned in 20 years that if I put God first and his kingdom first, guess what? I'll get the benefit of the kingdom. There are some things God's blessed me with I never even asked for because he loves and gives good gifts to his children. But just like any other good father, when, the, when you see your kids being selfish, and the kid's getting spoiled. Well, what happens? You pull back and say, no, no, this is going too far. We've spoiled our kids and we put our kids in the wool. And now today, people don't know what's right and wrong because we wanted to be, we didn't want to bring discipline or we want to spoil them. And we know as parents that if we spoil a child, we destroyed the child. Everything I have is my children's. I've got three boys, praise God. Um, they're all adults now. They're still at home. They haven't left. My wife goes, they're not leaving and not going anywhere. I said to my wife, when the last boy gets married, we're, locking, we're changing the locks of the door. I'm joking, all right, relax. They take everything serious, all right, yeah. Let's start preaching, otherwise I'll get stoned by my own cousins. So this is a story that Jesus is being baptized by John and the Holy Spirit falls on him. And now Jesus is baptized, not for sin like some people think. Jesus is not sin. Jesus cannot sin. Jesus did not sin. But he was baptized into his priesthood. He was baptized to recognize that the Spirit of God fell upon him uh, after the water baptism of John. John was a. I'm going to get sidetracked now. John was the son of a high priest. Uh, the true high priest at the time would lay hands on a lamb and would confess his sin and the sins of a lamb. And now that lamb, that lamb would become the sacrifice and he would die and. And the high priest would take it inside to the temple behind the Holy of Holies where there was a big uh, curtain and then they would do the sacrifice at the Ark of the Covenant. And if you walked out, God accepted the sacrifice and he would stand out on the steps and he would stand there covered in blood and said, it is finished. Which meant that their sins were forgiven and death passed over them. And they would celebrate. That was the, that was the Passover. He, Jesus now... John's baptizing in water. Jesus shows up. He goes, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He baptizes him. We know the story. If you don't, 
see you next week. But, uh, but then it's interesting, then he starts bringing his disciples, starts picking his disciples. It's interesting. Philip, the next day, Philip goes and sees a guy named Nathaniel. And Nathaniel, he goes, look, come and meet the Christ, the one that Moses talks about in the, in the prophets and talk about and write about. His name is Jesus from Nazareth and his father is Joseph. And Nathaniel answers like a true Arab. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Maryland? Can anything good come out of Greenacre? We won't go to banks now. We don't want to muck around there. But that's what he says. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Because Nazareth was the lowest of the low. The, there wasn't much happening in Nazareth. It's probably, you know, I don't want to offend anyone because I don't know where everyone lives here, but I'll pick on my suburb. No, no. And he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And let's pick it up from verse, chapter 1, verse 47. I want to show you a prophetic picture here. I want to show you what Jesus said. I want to go back to the Old Testament to show you that Christ is the fulfillment of the law, of the prophets. Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy. Some people tell me, oh, well, Christ knew all this stuff. So when he came on the earth, he made it all, he knew the game plan. But how do you get someone to slap you at the right time? How do you get someone to crucify you at the right time? Jesus did not come to fulfill prophecy. Jesus came and prophecy was fulfilled. Big difference. And if you've ever had a prophetic word over your life, it doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. See, your prophetic word is for your destiny, not for your provision. We can get a word for today. We need a word for today from God. But if God gives you a word for your future, guess what? You need to water it. You need to shape it. You need to pray for it. You need to, oh, because the enemy is going to come and abort it. If you don't understand that, if God's not first in your life, you won't make it to your destiny, no matter what God says about your life. Too many people have had a word and have been aborted because they have disobedience. Here we're going to hear a, see a story. God is for us, that he's not against us. God will make a way every time. So let's pick it up from John 1, 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him. And he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answers and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answers and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answers and said to him, Because you said, what? Because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree, and you believe? You will see greater things than this. Next verse. What happened? Don't blame me, it's your fault. And he said to him, Most surely I say unto you, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The title of my message today is God's bringing us up from earth into heaven. Here it says that he saw Nathaniel coming and he says, I saw you under the fig tree even before he called you. Well, this fig tree is all through Jerusalem. And he says, You are the Son of God, you're the King of Israel. Like, you know, all this, what does that all mean? Just because I said, I saw you under the fig tree, now all of a sudden you claim. We think that Peter was the first one that said he's the Messiah. And he says, who, who do you say I am? Because you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But here, way before Peter, Nathaniel already said it. And way before Nathaniel, John the Baptist called him out. But it's interesting to know that he says here, that most assuredly I say unto you, that you will see heaven open up and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. 
It's interesting to say that angels are ascending, not angels descending first. So what are these angels he's talking about? Is he talking about angelic hosts? Yeah, possibly. But he's saying they came from earth up to heaven and then down to earth. Where does that come from? Where does that idea come from? We've got to understand something with God's just trying to speak to us today so i want to take you back to the old testament as quick as i can and i want to put all this together who's interested three people awesome all my cousins no one else wants to listen let's go to genesis 28 and 11 genesis 28 and 11 i want to show you something here that god spoke to me spoke to me many years ago but i want to show you that christ is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and whatever christ says he doesn't just say it for the sake of it Okay, so let's go. So this is talking about Jacob. Who, who knows Jacob? There's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob now is going to a land, and we'll pick it up from this verse 11. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones of that place and put, his, put it at his head, and he, he lay down in that place and slept. So basically, he got a stone and became his pillow. In, in Bankstown words, just for you. Next verse. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth, and its top reached to the heaven. And there, the angels of God were ascending and then descending on it. Next verse. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord your God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to all your descendants. We want to keep going if that's all right, guys. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east and to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, everyone say seed. In your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We'll just stop there for a second. Who remembers Abraham's promise, God's promise to Abraham? What did he say? Abraham, his name wasn't Abraham, it was Abraham. And Abraham says, you're going to be the father of many. Look at the stars. Can you count them? Look at the sand on the earth. Can you count them? That's as many as your descendants will be. He's not speaking. Now, think about what he's trying to say here. Then he says, from your seed, not seeds, so you're going to have a big family, Abraham, but from your seed, from the loins of you, the nations will be blessed. Here he's telling Abraham's grandson, Jacob, from your family will be blessed all around the world and from your seed, all the families will be blessed. Who is the seed of Abraham? Jesus. Jesus came from the line of Judah. Judah is one of Jacob's 12 sons. So from the nation of Israel, the Bible says salvation comes from the Jew. From the nation of Israel, the seed will be born and he will, he will trample the serpent's head, speaking about Jesus coming. Here, it's very interesting that Abraham now, was that, that was the promise to Abraham. The Bible says we have been grafted into Abraham's promise. See, Abraham was before the Ten Commandments and the law and Moses. Are you with me? Just so people don't understand. So Abraham had a promise. It was a covenant God made. I promise you, he made a covenant that from his seed, the nations will be blessed was the promise was of faith christ came it's by faith that we are saved not by our works should any man boast here he's declaring it to now jacob now jacob he says from your seed all right now he has this dream now jacob 
He sees a ladder, but the ladder's formed from the earth up to the heaven. He's in a dream now, okay? So don't, don't let me lose you. And then he, then he prophesies the future of his seed, which is what he gave his grandfather. Yeah? That's why God is known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of generations. Next verse. Behold, I'm with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in that morning and he took that stone, the same stone that he laid his head on, all right? Don't miss this. And then he put the same stone that he had put his head on, set it up as a pillar or a memorial and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of this place Bethel. But the name of the city had been Luz. Luz or Buzz um, previously. Bethel means the house of God. In the Hebrew, it's Bethel. Bat, um, but Bethel means bad, which in Arabic and Hebrew means house. El. El is coming from the word Elohim. The Bible says that Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The Bible says God created, but the word Elohim is not singular, it's plural. That's where we get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you could say. Amen? So Elohim, it's the house of God. And he says, oh, this place, I'll call it Bethel, the house of God. Yeah? Next verse. I'm getting somewhere, I promise. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I can come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And in this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth to you. Now, What's this got to do with Jesus? Jesus says to Nathaniel, who was a true Jew, he says, you're a Jew with no guile, no deceit. He's a proper Jew. He knows this story. So when Jesus says, you'll see the Son of Man, angels are descending, to him he would have said, hang on a second, this is an old, this is an old prophecy to Jacob. He would have known that. So Jacob, he's telling exactly the same story. He sees a ladder, but he sees a ladder from earth to heaven. He sees angels ascending and descending. Now that rock he laid on, it's a type and shadow of Christ. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, is he not? Isn't he not? Come on, we're going somewhere with this. So now, your head, your mindset has to be the mind of Christ. The Bible says, renew the spirit of your mind. Why? We need to have the mind of Christ. See, while we entertain earthly things, and what I'm talking about that is the way the earth does things. That's why he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world or the systems that are associated with this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The head speaks of headship. When Jacob laid his head on that stone, it speaks of Christ. Christ is the stone that builders rejected. But it's interesting, he has a dream. Now his mindset is not on earthly things. God opens his mind to the heavenly realm, to heavenly things in a dream. And then he pours oil on the next stone. What happened to Jesus? He came on this earth. He was the stone the builders rejected. He got crucified. He was anointed by God to do what? Heal those oppressed of the devil. What did he do? He got anointed. What did he do? 
First 40 days, he was in the desert with the Holy Spirit. The last 40 days, guess what he, he waited for the Holy Spirit and told us to wait for the promise. He anointed his church. One stone speaks of Jesus and the temple, the house of God. The second stone speaks the anointed Christ, the God in the house. See, it's not enough to say, I'm in the house of God. I'm in the will of God. I'm in the kingdom of God. Is God the Lord of that house? Here, it says here, set up the pillar. The other, Bethel means what? House of God. Here, he says, this is God's house. That, you know what that word says in Hebrew? Bethel means the house of God. In the Hebrew, that says El Bethel, which means God is in the house. He has to be the Lord of your life. You can't just say, I'm a Christian, and God is not the Lord of your life. He has to be the God of your house. He has to be. Otherwise, you're still roaming around in nothing. Now, what's that got to do with angels ascending and descending? Let me explain something to you. Who remembers Reb's talking on Revelations? In Revelations, it talks about the seven churches. How does it start? Who remembers how it starts? To the church of Thyatira, to the angel of that church. Church of Laodicea, he goes to the angel of that church. To the church of Ephesus, the angel of the church. Now, the figure of speech is talking about an angel. It's not an angelic being over that church. It's talking about the leaders of that church. The Bible says in, just to prove my point, in Hebrews 1.14, it says, what is an angel? It's a ministering spirit unto salvation. Angels, heavenly angels I'm talking about, are ministering spirits. What are we? We're ministering spirits. We're not angelic, but we do the same thing. We're here to work in the kingdom of God. So when sometimes God refers to angels, he's referring to the leaders of the church or referring to believers. Huh. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Roman, in Revelation, when he talks to the angel of the church, I have this against you. I know your deeds. I know your works. He's talking to the leaders of that church of that time. Are we in agreement? You have to be, because I'm telling the story. You're not. <laughs> Joking. Revelation 22, 8, 9. Just to show you something. Can we go there? This is the, uh, the book of Revelations. At the end of everything that John saw, every vision, every, every, everything he saw for, with Jesus showed him about the seven churches. Then the Antichrist coming. And then the destruction on the earth. But then Jesus coming back to restore the church. And he saw everything. And right at the end, this is what he says. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me all these things. And then he said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am a fellow servant just like you. Hallelujah. And you and your brothers, your brethren, the prophet, the words of this book, worship God. You are not allowed to worship anyone but the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you take your eyes off him, listen to me, you might be in his house, but he's not the God of your house. He, you might be in his church, but you know, he's not the God of your church. He might be Lord of my lips, but he's not the Lord of your heart. There's no other way to salvation but through Jesus Christ. Amen? The last couple of sentences in the whole Bible and this is interesting Jacob saw this ladder and Jesus said the son of man angels ascending and descending isn't it interesting that that rock represents Christ the stone represents Christ when he came what did Jesus say when he went into the temple he says this is my father's house it shows to be a house for prayer 
for all the nations. But you have turned it into a den of thieves. Because the God of the house, it might have been his house by name, he was no longer the Lord of that house. Because they did what they wanted and they perverted perverted everything. You know what he says to to, um, Nathaniel? I saw you under the fig tree. What was he saying to him? Who else was under a fig tree? Adam. Was Adam known as the son of God? Was Adam beautiful in every way? Didn't Adam walk in the image and likeness of God? And he was saying to Nathaniel, I saw you in Adam under that fig tree many years ago. And I don't know who you think you are, but I'm going to bring you back. Because when the angels ascend and descend, when I go to the cross, see the ladder that Jacob saw, guess what that is? That's Jesus' cross on the cross. He came to earth. Can we go back to the uh, picture of the, the pamphlet? We can stand here and say, the Bible says angels ascend and descend. He's not talking about angelic beings. They could be. But he's talking about you and I who are born of his spirit. Is now able, because of the finished work of the cross, is to enter the heavenly realms in the spirit and get our minds renewed by the mind of Christ and bring it down on this earth so we can operate out of the heavenly realms. That's what he's saying to you. Do you have the right as a believer in Christ keep doing it? Put the word of God first. And God The Bible says he anointed Aaron. The, the Bible says the oil went over his head, down the beard, down to the skirts of his robe. The head. But if you anoint someone's head, guess what? The whole body will receive the blessing. I'm jumping here. Sorry, girls and guys. Can we go to... Can we go to... Ephesians, we might do the whole of it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. I want to show you something here. I don't want you to dis- disclude yourself or disqualify yourself from the blessings of God. See, sometimes we're not getting blessed because we disqualify ourselves. As a man think he is, so he is in this world. You only receive from God what you believe. Remember the disciples said, Jesus, what shall we do to do the works of heaven? What is it that we do? He says, believe in me. Full stop. Here it says, and that God, our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you all the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Where does wisdom and revelation come from? Above. What did we say last week in James? If you think your wisdom from above, but it's not, it's from it's below. It's earthly, sensual, and demonic. But here he says we can ascend through the finished work of the cross into the heavens and we can ascend, get what we need from God and bring it down to the earth. That's what he's saying prophetically. See, what Jacob saw in the Old Testament, a ladder, he actually saw is the finished work of the cross. That's what he saw. The rocks represent Christ. Look at this. Next verse. 
So when you get wisdom and revelation, listen to me. If you get the mind of God, Holy Spirit wants to give it to you. If you understand the mind of God, now I'm not saying understand God. He's too hard to understand. If you can explain God in every way, shape, or form, He's not worthy to be praised God. But we can see the attributes and the, and the nature of God that He places on the inside of us. And when we have His wisdom and His revelation, guess what happens? Our eyes of our understanding be enlightened. In other words, I start seeing things from a heavenly perspective. I start seeing things from a kingdom of God perspective. I start seeing things, God, from the heart of God Himself. You want to serve God? Find what His heart is for you. And it's for the people. I start seeing the eyes of my understanding. The way I perceive and see things are enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. See, if you don't get God's wisdom for your life, you're running around trying to find out who you are, what you believe, where you believe, what identity you believe. No, no. When we take God out of the picture, you lose all your identity. Go see what's happening in the world now. Take God out of the picture. You can be a God unto yourself, and it's nothing but destruction. Religion has painted God as an evil taskmaster, but God is a loving, merciful Father who gave His only Son that whoever believed Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a good place to say amen. That your eyes will be opened, that you would see the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Saints meaning the called out one, the sanctified ones. But this is what I want to get you to. Next verse. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Believe again. According to the working of his mighty power. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now I like this next verse to show you that when the head is anointed... And if you're part of the body, you receive the blessings of the anointing. Okay. Now he's seated. Where is Jesus seated now? Far above all principalities. Speaking about demon power. Principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also which is to come. Next verse. And he put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Now he's the head of the, he's above all things. Everything that's got a name, his name is above every name. His name is above all names. His name is above what? He's above the name of cancer. He's above the name of depression. He's above the name of anxiety. He's above the name of poverty. He's above the name of insecurity. He's above the name of, his name is above every name. His power is above principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. He's seated in the right hand of the Father. Where are you seated? What's your problem? The devil's not your problem. You're the problem. Whatever you entertain will become your problem. If you give power to the enemy, you make him your Lord. Look at this. I love this. He put all things under his feet. I'm not doing a duck yet, right? And gave him that to be head over all things, the church. Let me prove to you that you're the church. Who, who, who doesn't believe me yet? Next verse. Which is, the church is what? You read it. The church is what? The fullness of him who fills all 
You are the church. You are the body. But as long as you're the head and not him, you don't get any blessing. But when Aaron got his head poured with oil, when David, when, when they anoint you with head, guess what? It goes through a whole body. And you receive the blessings of the Lord. But you know what? The beauty about this, he talks about angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You know what he's talking about? When I go to the cross, what separated you from God, nothing can separate you from the love of God anymore. When I become the bridge from heaven. See, the Bible says he came to earth as a man, fully, fully God and fully man. He had the fullness of God in him, but he wasn't omnipresent anymore. He couldn't be everywhere at once anymore, but he was limited in the body. But his character, his nature was of the deity of God. He was God on earth, but he fulfilled the promise of the Father by going to the cross. And now that the bridge is open from earth to heaven, so you can climb that heavenly realm and get the wisdom and revelation of God so our eyes can be enlightened and broken so we can understand who he is and who we are in him. That's what he meant. That's what he meant when he says, you'll see the Son of Man glorify and you'll see angels ascending and descending. This is not just, oh, he saved me from my sin and I'm not going to hell anymore. We have so watered down the gospel. We have so watered down the gospel to the point where I'm just happy to be saved. I said last week, it's like someone, he falls overboard and he's in the middle of the sea and someone throws a life raft and he, you know, like, uh, what do you call those things? Like uh, a floaty. And he hangs onto it. He says, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. I'm not going to drown. And you live the rest of your life like that. Like, just as long as I'm not going to hell, just as long as I'm not, you know, I, I, what a life to live. There's no abundance in that life. That's just escapism. But he says, I've given you life and life more abundantly. Are we living an abundant life? And please don't go down. I've got a lot of money. I know I minister to a lot of people with a lot of money who are broken just as much as the guy sitting on a park bench. So not having stuff. I'm not against stuff, but I'm saying that doesn't fulfill you. Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. Does that make sense? And when he looked at Nathaniel, guys, listen to me. When he looked at Nathaniel and told him, he says, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. Isn't it interesting that he says that Jacob says, and, and Nathaniel's hearing this. He's going, what do you mean, man? Like, I, I know these stories. He's trying to tell us something here. Jesus is saying, Nathaniel, I saw you under a fig tree. What did Jesus do to the fig tree? He cursed it, and what happened to it? shriveled up and died and the next day the disciple says lord the tree's dead he says don't let that worry you that's nothing isn't it interesting that jesus cursed the fig tree and it wasn't its season but he was hungry he wanted to eat from it i'm thinking lord you're a bit harsh it's not its season it's not meant to have figs and you cursed it and then you look at him and say i hope he doesn't curse me <laughs> Imagine if Jesus was your dad. I would have died 47 times in one week. I'm joking. 46. The stuff that comes out of our mouth. But he was the word that became flesh. So if he's the word that became flesh and he can curse a fig tree, how much more when he promises you a blessing? He says, if you ask the Holy Spirit, I'll give it to you. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Is he holding back or is he asking you to mature? The big difference. 
Amen? And Jesus now, he's, he's, he's got all his disciples now, and it's interesting to know that when Adam sinned in the garden, and the Bible says, I often say it this way, what was the first religion on earth? Can anyone tell me? Who can name the first religion on earth? Throw something out. First religion. I'll call it the fig tree religion. The first religion on earth was man trying to cover his shame and guilt. First religion on earth is you trying to cover your sin. So what did Adam do? Instead of him sinning and saying, oh my Lord, let's run to God to get this sorted, he ran away from God and got fig leaves and covered himself because they knew they were naked. God says, what are you doing? As if God didn't know. So religion gets you to try and cover up what you've done wrong. But grace says you cannot cover up what you've done. Because what he did to him, because Adam, you can't fix yourself up. So the Bible says put fur or skin on them. It's symbolic of something has to die and he skinned it so he could cover you. The first sacrifice was in the garden. The first blood sacrifice was in the garden. An animal had to die because the wages of sin is death. Blood had to be shed. So in the garden, God made a way out. He says, before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slayed. God made Adam and made a way out because he knew he was going to fall. But when a man tries to cover up their own shame and guilt, guess what God does? He goes, I can't, I can't put up with that. Something has to die in order for you to be covered. What did Jesus do on the cross? He shed his blood so he could cover us with him. That's the message of Easter. Does that make sense? So when the fig tree represents, the fig tree always rep represented back in those days Israel or Jerusalem. Or the systems of Jerusalem. If you, you go to Israel, now, big, big, big trees everywhere. Always represents. When the Bible says, when is your second coming, Lord? When are you coming back to restore all things? Because the hour and time I do not know, but my Father in heaven. But when you see the fig tree sprout out of the ground and its branches grow and blossom, I assure you that generation won't pass away till my second coming. So I said, all right, well, what does that mean? Scholars believe... The fig tree always represented Israel. We believe that when after Christ died, 70 AD, Jesus prophesied the temple would be destroyed. It did. And the Jews were scattered all across the earth for over 2,000 years. But it was an interesting problem here. Now we've got a problem. Jesus, when he left and went to heaven after the resurrection, the angel said, what are you looking at? This same Jesus that went will be coming back to the same spot to you. Not speaking of them personally, speaking he'll come back to the Jews. But the Jews aren't in their land anymore. They've been scattered for 2,000 years. And then in 1947, they get back to their land after two, over 2,000 two years. Prophecy, fig tree started to sprout out. In 1967, they became a nation. The leaves blossomed. And they believe that's the generation and that will see the coming of the Lord. But he cursed the fig tree in the garden. So what was he saying? I'm cursing the system, this whole system that my father set up. See, the law was holy and pure, but they perverted it. We've spoken about that before. So when he cursed the fig tree, he was cursing his note because he wanted to eat. The father wants to eat from your fruit. Then he says, bear good fruit. You cannot eat from a dead tree. Cursed it. Then he went in and what did he do? He cleaned the house. Monday changes. Turned the tables upside down because they converted. Then we talk about the widow's might. We've spoken about that before where they were extorting the money of the widow. They were extorting her. They That's not a blessing to the widow given all. He was, they were extorting her money. And he goes and they say, look how beautiful this temple is. He goes, not one stone to be left unturned. God was making a prophetic word. All these systems coming down. Why? Because when Christ went to the cross, he becomes the temple. He becomes the altar. The cross is the altar. 
But what are you now? The temple of the? Where does the Christ live now? The Holy Spirit lives in us through the Spirit of Christ lives in us. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Bible says no longer God dwells in man-made temples. But you could be a man-made temple if God's not the Lord of your life. You could be the house of God, but not, he's not the God of the house. And we can't be like that in these last days. It's about him, what he wants. How do I live my life according to what his will is for my life? Nearly finished. My wife said something interesting to me. He said, Judas, if you read the scripture, Judas never ever calls Jesus, Jesus Lord. Always calls him rabbi. See, if you want to look at it from a, from a human perspective, is Jesus the Lord of your heart? Because Judas walked with Jesus. Jesus loved Judas. Judas is one of the 72 who laid hands on the sick and they recovered, who casted out demons and he was part of that. Then when the 72 did a runner and there was only 12 left, he was still part of them. Judas saw Peter walk on water. Ju Judas saw Jairus raised from the dead. Judas saw Peter go, to a, go fishing and take a coin out of its mouth. Jesus, Judas was with him when they uh, turned the water into wine. He saw all these things, Judas. So he was in a sense, in a sense he was in the God house. He was in the kingdom of God with Jesus. But Jesus was never the Lord of his heart. Because what does the first thing the Bible say? Satan entered his heart. See, he was in the house of God, but God was not the Lord of that house. Does that make sense? See, it's not what you say. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in your heart? Is the Lord, remember Jesus said, told the guy to go work in the field? Yeah, I'll go. Told another guy to work in the field? I don't want to go. But the guy that said yes didn't go. But the guy that said no, he went. Who's the, who's the true Lord there in the heart? The one that went. See, we go about our father's business. There's so many people reliant out there that we haven't even met are relying on you to walk out the kingdom of God. I have best friends today that I wouldn't have never known if it wasn't for the gospel. Because God says he came to seek and save those who are lost. I was lost. How many people know, I used to say this, I never knew I was lost till I was found. I was living in the world, doing the things of the world, doing everything in the world. I'm not lost. I'm not like them blokes. Until I got found, I went, well, Jesus, I lost all I. And we don't know until our eyes are enlightened, till we understand what is the truth of God's word. Who here has thought they were on the right track till they bumped into Jesus? Who thought I was on a road to doing what I wanted and then you bumped into Jesus? Someone said to me, did you find God? No, he wasn't lost. I was. He found me. Yes, I found God. Was he lost? I know it's a figure of speech. I'm just trying to make you laugh. Some of you are falling asleep. So I want to finish off with he's enlightened our eyes so we can see better. So we can see what God is saying. See, in this world now, there's a lot of troubles, isn't there not? But you know, the early church were going through a lot worse than us because we're not getting burnt in the, in the street. It's coming, but we're not getting burnt. That were streetlights in, in Jerusalem, the Christians. That were streetlights. They'd pour oil on them, 
put them up on a post and they'll be, they were getting burnt just for their faith and they did not reject their faith. They're burning in the street like street lights and they did not reject their faith. We get upset because someone looked at us funny. We're not going through that. That's slowly coming. So God's looking for a people to be strengthened in the inner man so we can reach the heavens and touch heaven. And not for our purposes. God will bless you. Listen, don't misunderstand. But get his purposes for your life. I didn't know I had some issues in my heart until I came to Christ. Then there was some garbage in my heart. And when I thought I was overcome, some more would pop up. And then I thought some, some more would pop up. Then I realized, Lord, does this ever end? He goes, no. While I remain on this earth, there's garbage. Guess what? But I was just saying to a brother there, you know what? Enjoy the ride. You might get some hurdles. You might trip it. You might fall. The Bible says a righteous man falls down seven times. He gets back up. You know why he was righteous? Not because he fell, because he kept getting back up. Don't give up on your calling. God has not given up on you. Don't give up on him. He has not given up on you. I remember the day weeping. I, I wept. Uh, this big tough guy fight in the street, do all that. And I wept like a baby when, when I understood the Father's heart for me. It didn't come from a natural means. It came from a heavenly means. I cried and cried and cried. And you've got to understand something. God is for you. He's not against you. It's not about what you do or what I've done. Oh, I've sinned. I've done this. I've done that. God is out to get you, not to hurt you, to get you into his kingdom. We understand that. We're going to finish off with that song. Yeah, We're going to finish off with that song, AJ, if you don't mind. And I think it's appropriate. It's above all powers. And I didn't even know they were going to sing. So can we stand? I want to give you the opportunity that you may know about Jesus. You may have been in church all your life. You may have served faithfully. You've been confirmed, baptized, you've done all the sacraments, but you do not know him as Lord and Savior. You don't know him like in the intimate way that I'm talking to you. The Bible says, he who knows the Father knows the Son. He says, Depart from me, he goes, I never knew you to some people. He says, if you know me, know the truth, and the truth will make me free. See, I knew a lot about God. I knew, I knew about Jesus, but I never knew him. But when I got to know him, my life changed. And he changed me where? Inside out. But you know what he did? He put his spirit on the inside of me and he took me up the cross into heavenly places to receive the mind of Christ. When you receive the mind of Christ, you can't think straight anymore. You think heavenly thoughts. You set your things on things above, not things beneath, below. And we're going to play this song. But if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we're going to play this song. But if you want, the altar's open. This is not a rule altar in the sense of there's a... It's coming up to His presence to receive what He has for you. I did that 20 years ago. I've never regretted it. Do when I give my life to Christ, I gave my life to Christ. When they say, give Him your heart. You know, the Bible doesn't say give Him your heart. It says, give Him your life. It doesn't say, look, just... No, no, surrender to Jesus. Why? Because what he's got for you is a lot better than what you're walking in today. I can guarantee that much. Is it easy? Sometimes it's not. But it's awesome. When your name's written in heaven and you're a son and a daughter and he wants to give you good gifts to his children. I say to people, when you pray in tongues, if you don't pray in tongues, I'd love to pray for you as well. It's not a, that's not the message today. But if you pray in the spirit, guess what? The Bible says you don't speak to man, you speak to you go above man you go above the natural and you go straight to the heavenly realm because when you speak it to god he utters mysteries hidden in christ before the foundation of the world 
you bypass the natural, you bypass the enemy, you go straight to the throne. That's why we can go boldly to the throne of grace to obtain in a time of? Why can we go to the throne of grace right now? Why can we go into God's throne of grace to obtain mercy? Because of what? What? Because of what? Because sprinkling of the blood. That's the cross. Amen? Hit it. Above all powers, above all.
that it's above all powers. You graced us with your blood, that you washed us and made us as white as snow. And Lord, I thank you for everyone that's in the sound of my voice that would be blessed this Easter. But just, not just for Easter, Lord, but you would touch their spirit that they may know how much you love them. That they may ascend into the heavens. You know, the quickest way to get into the heaven realm is to read his word. Ascend into the heavens and come back down to earth. He supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory. And if you need healing in your heart, he's the first one to run to. If you need healing in your body, he's the first one to run to. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And Father, I thank you tonight for your word is true. And we lift up the name of Jesus that's above every name. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. So Lord, I thank you this tonight that people would understand, that would bow your knee to you, that they'd know that you are the one that is the lover of their soul. Hallelujah. And we give you all the praise, Father. Give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, bless you guys. We don't have to leave in a hurry here. It's just we have to get the kids out from downstairs. So if you want to stay in fellowship. If I don't know you, come and say hello. Otherwise, I'll track you down. And, um, but be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.